You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. This week's story is uh, about two little girls forming a wordless friendship of sorts. We also have two other stories to go with it, and we'll get to those after this one. The first one, though, uh, is Manny's experience, and I have titled this The Girl in the Window. Let's dive right in. Hi, I'm Mandy, and my experience happened to me when I was 12. My family was a military family, and so we moved around a lot. I never really developed any long-term friendships, and for a terribly shy girl like me, this proved to be very difficult. We were buying our first home in a friendly enough looking neighborhood. I had no idea what to expect, but I also had no choice. I noticed a swing set and a pool in the neighbor's backyard, and I figured they either had kids or grandkids. Time would tell. It was late summer and school would be starting in less than a week. And I was anxious. We wouldn't be moving away this time, so I was anxious at how this was going to work out. I was also happy that I wouldn't have to say goodbye to anyone again. After having situated my room, I stood staring out my window, spying on the neighbors to see if I could see any kids my age. So far, I only saw a very young girl, like about seven years old, I could see her occasionally through the window across from mine. She would be playing with her toys and then suddenly jump up and run to the window just to wave at me. So, of course, I waved back. Then we would smile at each other and she would run back to her toys. The first day of school, there were about six other kids around my age at my bus stop. They were all very curious about me and I could tell that it was going to be easy to make friends despite my anxiety. One boy introduced himself as Jeff, and he said he lived right next door to me. I said, oh, okay, yes. I, I waved at your sister through the window a lot in the last few days. So what's her name? He looked confused. He said, I don't have a sister. Oh, I said, but who was the little girl then? He said, are you talking about the yellow house next to yours or the blue house on the other side? I said, it's the yellow house. I see her every day. And he said, the yellow house is his and he does not have a little sister. So we all kind of stood there in silence for a few minutes when one of the other girls named Julie said, maybe it's a ghost. Then the bus came. After school, Jeff walked with me back to our houses. He said he had thought about what I had said all day. He said that the bedroom window across from mine belonged to him and that very often his belongings were misplaced, sometimes even in the middle of the floor when he knows he didn't leave them there. He admitted to being a bit of a neat freak, but he had never seen or heard anything strange, like a ghost. I told him that I was certain of what I'd seen. I promised to text him next time I seen the little girl. Nothing much happened for a couple weeks. 
Then I saw her. I immediately texted him. He ran upstairs but saw nothing except me in the window of my bedroom, pointing to her while he saw nothing. There's really not much else to tell except I am the only one who ever saw her and as many years as we lived there, she remained a little girl. I do think I saw her less and less the older I got and then again, I was home a lot less too. I went to college, graduated, moved away and we are talking about a time span of around six years when one Christmas I came home to spend the holiday weekend. In my old room, of course, and I remembered the little girl. I ran to the window, but she wasn't there. I wondered if I would ever see her again now that I was an adult. I felt a little bit sad and also wondered what her story was or if I would ever know. And that's when I saw her. She was still a little girl and she was smiling and waving at me through the window. Of course, I waved back. And then she shook her head side to side as if to say no and then waved her hand again. But this time she was moving her fingers up and down as if it meant something different. And it occurred to me she was saying goodbye. I don't know why I felt so sad, but I waved one more time and then she was gone. I've never seen her again. I have never heard any stories or found any news articles about a little girl at that address. I have no clue who she was or why she was there or why only I could see her. And now I wonder why she left. Thanks. And if you have any thoughts on this, please share them. Wow. I really don't know why she would only appear to you. And the fact that you don't see other spirits kind of tells me that she only wanted you to see her. Maybe she was trying to be your friend or she needed a friend. It's a crazy story, a little sad, but wherever she is, I hope she has peace and I hope she's happy. What a great experience to have had. Thanks for sharing this with us. Our next story today is bizarre and raises a lot of questions. So let's not waste time getting into Tracy's story that I have titled The Demon in My Room. Hi, I'm Tracy and I'm from California, USA. My experience happened to me for most of my childhood and I really didn't even know anything weird was happening. The being in my story, I want to call a demon, but I don't know what it was really it had the typical appearance of what we would describe as demons. And that's what I thought it was when I was older, but truly I don't know what it was. So with that being said, from my earliest memory, I had a demon in the corner of my bedroom. I can still see it there. It was such an everyday part of my life. I never knew it didn't belong there and I wasn't afraid of it. I would talk to it, but it would never answer. When I was very young, I asked what its name was and it never answered me. So I decided to give it a name. I always assumed it was a boy. I don't know why, because maybe it 
didn't have feminine features, so I named him Dubby. Again, no clue why that name, but that's just what I called him. I would try to tell my mom and dad about Dubby, but they disregarded him as a child's fantasy friend. And so my life went on with Dubby in the corner of my room. He would just sit there, hunched down and curled up in the corner of my, by my closet. Sometimes he was just staring off into the corner, but other times I found him looking at me, watching me. And once in a while, it bothered me. It was mainly the lack of privacy. I wasn't really bothered by it because I didn't know it wasn't normal yet. Dubby was blackish brown colored. He had a wicked looking face. It was shaped similar to what the villain the Joker looks like in the movies, but only in shape. His eyes were black as night and he had a permanent sort of grimace and he drooled a lot. He would never ever move from that corner and also he was always trembling like a shudder that just wouldn't stop his arms were always folded around himself and I never seen him stand or move around almost as if he were injured in some way and was trying to protect himself or heal when I would point him out to my parents, they would see nothing. So I quit showing him to them. It wasn't until I was old enough to have friends sleep over that I realized that apparently only children could see him. My friend was likely traumatized when I ran into my room, excited to show her my dubby, and she ran screaming and crying and she wanted to go home. She left and my mom scolded me for trying to scare her. I believe I was about eight or nine years old at that time, and I was very confused about the whole situation. I went to our school guidance counselor for help, since my parents didn't believe me, and my guidance counselor said that it was fun to have a good imagination, but we had to know when it was time to tame it down so that we didn't make others afraid. So, yeah... Nobody believed me. I lived in that room with that unknown creature for most of my childhood. Then, one day, when I was around 14, he was just gone. Left in its place was a small piece of what looked like obsidian. I wish I still had it, but I was so afraid to keep it. I threw it into the ocean one day. And I have never seen it again, nor have I ever seen Dubby or anything else paranormal. I don't know what it was, demon or something else. But looking back, I get the feeling that Dubby was somehow injured, maybe even hiding from what I don't know. It's just a thought. I try to make sense of the whole thing. And now that I'm older, I have, I've told my parents that I was always truthful and that Dubby was real. I think they are afraid to believe it. I think they don't want to know that an unseen and unknown creature lived in their house for years without them knowing. A friend who did believe me told me that she thinks maybe it was injured somehow, as I thought, and 
that by being near me, it could heal. She said, depravity craves what it lacks, innocence. To this day, that sentence gives me chills. As for me, I know the truth about what was in my room. As curious as I am about what happened and what it was and why it was there, I think I will just try to be thankful that it did no harm and left on its own. Please, people, listen to your children. And thanks for reading this. Oh my God, this story is so crazy. I can't imagine having that thing in my room for all of those years and then nobody believes you. It's almost like you were friends with it, sort of. And maybe what your friend said, depravity craves what it lacks, innocence. Maybe that holds some ground here. Is it so hard to believe that the spirit of an innocent is powerful enough to heal some injured being? Who knows? We're all based on energy, right? And what if the piece of what you say was like obsidian? What does that mean? Oh my God, I wish you still had it. Was this a gift to you? I don't know. What an amazing, amazing experience. Thanks again for sending this to me to share with our listeners here. So our final true experience today involves an antique collector and how she sometimes brought home more than ancient treasure. Let's jump right into Jackson's story. I have titled Buyer Beware. Hi, I'm Jackson and I'm from Northeastern USA. I'm writing this experience because it needs to be told. So many people look at you like you're crazy when you tell them about an experience that can't be explained. Like I just imagined everything and I know that I did not imagine it all. So I guess I'm writing to feel validated in some way. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma, Melody, growing up. My mother and father were active drug users and spent much of their time partying with their friends rather than raising me. So Grandma Melody had a permanent room in her house for me, and I pretty much moved in with her when I was a kid, about eight years old or so. I have to describe my grandma's house. It was an old Victorian style with a turret room. For those that don't know what that is, it is the round room on the corner of a Victorian style home. Anyway, it was beautiful. Three stories high and my bedroom was the second floor turret room and I loved my room. Now the important part. My grandma was an avid collector of antiques. I mean, she had that three story house packed full of antiques. There was no modern furniture at all. She loved all things that were from at least the 1930s and older. Much of her belongings were well over a hundred years old. It was impressive. She and her friends would go on weekend trips to go find more antiques and they did this once a month or so. So there was constant new old things coming into her house. One day she brought an old regulator clock back with her and placed it above the fireplace. It didn't work anymore, but she fell in love with it anyway. I thought it was cool, but I wasn't interested in that sort of thing, so I never really paid attention to many of the things she brought home, and sometimes she would trade something she had for something else that she wanted. One night I was sitting in the room with the regulator clock. 
I was reading a book and enjoying the quiet of the house, when suddenly I heard the clock start ticking and the pendulum was swinging on the old broken clock. I just sat there and stared at it, then thought, oh well, maybe she got it fixed, so I kept reading. The next day I asked her if it was expensive to have an old clock repaired and she said she never had the clock repaired. Well, I told her that it was working last night and she laughed at me and said, well, that would be impossible because it, it has no guts, no gears. It will never work again unless it has a complete rebuild. She said I must have fallen asleep and while I was reading and dreamed about a clock. Yeah, okay. When she returned from another of her weekend excursions, she yelled for me to come help her bring in the things she bought. Now what, I thought. Her car was fully packed this time. It took a while to carry all the boxes, and it was exhausting as she wanted all these boxes up to the third floor. After unloading her car, I asked what the great find was, and she excitedly started unpacking the boxes. And it was dolls. Dolls of every size, shape, and color. Dolls with elaborate gowns, some with parasols and bonnets. She had bought 27 dolls to add to her already extensive doll collection. And to go with them, she purchased all the doll size furniture and decorations to go with them. How annoying. She decided to do away with her sewing room and change it into a doll room. And guess who was to help with this transition? Well, I didn't really mind. My grandma was good to me, and I was always willing to help her with anything. It took us about a month, but she officially had a doll room, and she was happy. Not long after the doll room was set up, I was back in the room with the clock. I had forgotten all about the previous encounter when it began ticking and swinging its pendulum again. I yelled for my gram to hurry and come see it. But by the time she got there, it had stopped. She assured me it was quite impossible. And if I was tired, I needed to get to bed and not sleep on the couch. I argued that I wasn't sleeping, that I had literally just sat down when it started. But she just laughed and said, okay, good night. I started to leave the room to go to bed and the clock started again. I stood there staring at it. I guess it never crossed my mind at that point that this could be paranormal. I just thought it was something weird. It was about a week or so later that my grandma was cursing upstairs. I ran up to see what was wrong. She was in her doll room and she was pissed. One of her dolls was shattered on the floor. She whirled towards me as if I was responsible. And I quickly said, Graham, that wasn't me. I never come up to the third floor. I swear I didn't do this. There was a look in her eye that almost made me feel like I was lying when I knew that I wasn't. And she turned and picked up the book that I had been reading and said, this was in here, so I assume it just walked in here by itself then. I was speechless. I was absolutely not lying. I had no idea how my book got into her doll room. I always kept it on my nightstand. Always. 
I started stammering and explaining that I didn't do it, but she was pissed and handed me the book and said, you can just go to your room. So I left and I don't think my gram had ever been that pissed at me before. And I felt bad, but I knew I didn't do that. She eventually got over it, but it kind of changed things between us. Her not trusting me as much and me hurt by her not believing me. One weekend, when my grand was on one of her trips, I decided to go to the doll room just to see what could have caused that doll to break. I was thinking maybe a mouse. Maybe a mouse could have knocked it over. So I was going to go search for some mouse droppings. Basically, mouse poop. When I entered the doll room, I stopped and listened. I swore I heard someone speaking in hushed tones, but it stopped the instant I stepped in the room. As silly as it sounds, I felt like I had interrupted someone's conversation. The room felt tense, somehow. I began my search for mouse poop. It had to be in here. Mice would poop everywhere, so I knew I would definitely find some. I looked in every corner, every crevice, under the dressers, in the closet. Nothing. In frustration, I sat myself on the floor and just kind of looked around the room. She had added a significant amount of dolls in here since I had been up here last. All so elegant and fancy and oh my god, what the hell was that one? On a lower shelf, all alone, was a doll that looked like it should have long ago been thrown away. I walked over to it. I reached for it, then thought better of it. Best not touch her dolls, or she would never believe me about that broken doll. So I kneeled down to get a better look at it. It was hideous. Why would anyone want it? I would never understand. It added nothing but ugliness to the room. It was the only doll in the room that appeared to be a boy. He was made from some type of hard material not porcelain or plastic. The paint was faded from its fingers and whatever material was painted on his head for hair had long ago cracked and peeled away, leaving maybe half of its head looking like it was dragged behind a car. It had a brown corduroy suit on that was faded and it just looked aged. It was the eyes though. They bothered me. The rest was just descriptive of what I observed, but the eyes, they were inset, and they were what Graham called sleepy eyes, so when you lay the doll down, its eyes could close. I ran downstairs to get my camera. I had to show this to my friends, and believe it or not, I still have this picture, but I haven't looked at it in years until now to write this story and get the description right. Those eyes looked like they were looking through you, and something about it gave me chills. Even more than that was the way it made me feel. I, I, I felt it made me feel hopeless, sad, but angry. This doll was emanating bad feelings. I broke my gaze and ran from the room. I couldn't tell my grandma about this because... Then she would be even more convinced that I was in that damn doll room when the other doll broke. I would just avoid the clock room and avoid the doll room. 
The house was big, big enough that there was no need to go into those rooms anyway. So after some time passed, without incident, my grandma came to my room one night and asked me to come downstairs. She had something to show me. We walked into the room with the clock and I turned around and asked what was up as I didn't see anything to see. My grand pointed to the mantle where the clock sat and there next to the clock was that fucked up boy doll sitting there staring at the scene in front of him. Grandma was pissed that I was in her doll room again and thought I had learned my lesson. I turned to face her and explained that I had not moved that doll. I was going on and on about my case for my innocence and her eyes were getting wider and wider and then her mouth dropped open and I realized she wasn't looking at me. She was looking behind me. I turned to see the boy doll was now covered in tiny spiders. They weren't on the mantle or the wall or the clock. They were only on the doll. And this terrified me. My grandma rushed over and grabbed the doll and ran to the door to throw it outside. She thought that maybe it had spider eggs inside of it when she brought it home and that that would explain that. I mean, at least for her, but not for me. My gram forgot to bring the doll back in that night and I purposely did not remind her, screw that doll. Over time, that doll showed up everywhere in the house. It was even in my car when I started driving and I was pissed. I said, Grandma, are we going to pretend forever that there is nothing wrong with this doll? She slammed down the book she was reading and looked sternly at me. Then she said, I suppose we need to do something then. She explained to me that this was the fourth object that she brought home that appeared to have something attached to it. And she admitted that the clock was one of them. She told me of a long ago bought doll that emitted the same energy and behavior. And before that, she had a tea set that would never stay upright. She hadn't been plagued by this issue for about 20 years, but she was no stranger to it and she knew what to do. I was shocked that my Graham knew about such things. I didn't even know about this stuff but she seemed perfectly comfortable talking about it. And it surprised me that she knew what to do. She wouldn't allow me to be there for whatever process it took to rid the house of whatever was there. But when I came back, the doll and the clock were gone and we had no more incidents. I stayed with my grandma during college to save money mainly, but also I liked the quiet of her house and it was good for studying. So one night during my senior year, I awoke to the sound of a bell ringing. What the hell? The bell rang on and on. So I started through the house to find this bell. And somewhere in the back of my mind, it brought the memories of the clock and the doll. I went to my Graham's bedroom. This definitely seemed to be the source of the bell. I knocked at her door. Graham! No answer. I knocked again. And then I opened the door. She appeared to be sleeping, yet the bell was ringing somewhere in her room. How was she not hearing this? 
I reached for her shoulder to gently awaken her, and she felt different. And then I realized my Graham was gone, and in that instant, the bell stopped ringing. My Graham was gone, the only mother I ever really knew. I still miss her. She was such a special lady, and I believe that bell was her saying goodbye. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise. Oh, and I never found a bell in her room. Thanks for your time. Wow, thanks so much for sending this in. I am so sorry for the loss of your wonderful grandmother. It seems her experience with the paranormal was a little more advanced than you realized. So I would like to know what happened to the doll and the clock. I wonder if they were destroyed or maybe whoever she called to come help her took them to keep them safely away from people. You have to wonder how many objects are put away for this reason and where are they now? The doll part of this experience is super scary to me. So this doll manifests spiders and your grandma throws it in the yard. Seriously? She's a lot braver than I would be. I likely would have ran just screaming and moved out. I am really scared of spiders. I, I appreciate you sharing this and I, I thank all of you for listening in today. If you care to support my independent podcast to keep it going, please sign up at patreon.com under paranormal and supernatural true stories. I have one tier of membership and it's only $5 per month which will then include all episodes, including any bonus episodes. Please head over to patreon.com, look up Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories, and click on subscribe. I appreciate any and all support to keep this podcast going. Thanks so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. And don't forget to send me your true story at mytruestory at myyahoo.com. Please like and share my Facebook page. Until next time, you guys, peace, love, and bye for now. Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. In the meantime... Leave the lights on.